Alright. On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we watched Planet of the Apes. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. the music we are back for another segment of the we've seen that podcast the 83rd installment jim that's a lot of fucking episodes and we went way back in this one for sure yeah i watched a modern day classic it is a classic i quite enjoyed it to be honest yeah i I like this you know i'd seen it before it's been a long time i honestly don't know if i've seen this original planet of the apes like all the way through as much as like a movie buff i claim to be um and as much of a classic this movie is i will say this might be the first time i've seen it all the way through in one sitting but hey i i got around to it we'll discuss it um and i'm really interested to hear a lot of the takes you'll have because uh it is such a you know it's from a different time for sure especially way before we were born and a lot of the things that they talk about or it's just really interesting like the human and man dynamic um it'll be fun first why don't we get into what we're watching jim i see you have a show that i've been always intrigued in but i have not started so yeah so angie and i have gotten into true blood i've made a few false starts at this i've seen like the first two two and a half seasons it's fucking violent vampires it's HBO um, early on, I want to say mid-2000s. Um, so, you know, it's got the aggressive violence as well as uh, 08 to 14 specifically, so late 2000s. Um, as well as plenty of your relatively graphic nudity for those people who are interested in it. It takes a better look at like the vampire werewolf garbage, I think. It's based off a series of books, and I've read the first book or two. And they were pretty good, but much quicker than, like, the show is. The show seems to dig a lot deeper into it. Sure. Uh, there's only six seasons, ten episodes apiece. Seven okay. seasons, ten episodes apiece. Sorry. Yeah, I like that. At least it's, like, you know, they know what they want. I always feel like a show like that just knows what it wants to accomplish. I mean, other than Game of Thrones, which, when it had ten episodes, was really good. And then it decided to be really shitty but we don't have to go there we've we've discussed that enough but but yeah so far we're really about... enjoying it it's i mean it's got a lot of allegories about like you know race relations because vampires have come to the public eye in the united states mm. you know and are being treated as like a separate race and they're trying to get the vampire rights act enacted um there's a synthetic form of blood that they can live off of but it's not as satisfying as real blood Sure. So, I mean, they could, as they call it, mainstream life. Um, hmm. And if you drink vampire blood as a human, it's like a hallucinogenic drug. In addition to being like the strongest form of Viagra around. 
you know. <laughs> so, so of course there's some sort of like black market for that, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that the vampires are trying to clamp down on the trade of it. It's it's interesting. Right. That does sound interesting. Like I said, I've always seen like a thousand clips of it and it's always seemed really interesting, but I've never pulled the trigger, but who knows? I mean, there's plenty of shit to get around to eventually, so and it branches off into other supernatural shit too which is appealing to me because i mean if it was just vampires all day it would be a little bit boring i think right so you said there is like werewolves and shit in there too there are werewolves for sure that's a little bit of a spoiler season three-ish you'll see them um but there are other supernatural items as well that come up earlier cool um but i recommend it seeing as it looks like you got some time on your dance card now um, we'll get into that in a second. Yes. Other what I'm watching is I literally joined Costco like an hour ago. I know we're probably late to the party, but that place is fucking magical. <laughs> you like you went to Costco for the first time? Yeah. I got a 1.75 oh. liter bottle of 12-year-old Kirkland scotch for like $36, oh, yeah. and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> they make like Kirkland golf balls too. Is that just like a Costco like... Suppo- yeah kirkland is the costco brand supposedly the kirkland golf balls are excess pro v1s that don't have pro v1 labeling on them but they're like yeah. a quarter of the price they're supposedly pretty decent golf balls yeah one like of the main reasons said. i wanted the membership is they have a 27 year old scotch that is a supposedly only 80 bucks for like a normal size bottle wow. and normally a 27 year old scotch would be like a grand you know Jesus. it's insane yeah. And the rumor always is that the Kirkland vodka is really just excess Grey Goose, branded as Kirkland. Hmm. So, I mean, if you're looking for booze, seems like a cool place to go. And they had a selection, and big fuck-off bottles of it, too. Wow. I've never been to a Costco either, because there's not really one near me. But my godfather, who lives in the city, is like, yeah, he lives at Costco. And whenever we go on, like, big fishing trips, that's where he always goes to stock up on, like huge ass bags of like snacks and popcorn and you big know, racks of beer i bet too yeah it's just like hey if you got it you might as well go i mean i was thinking hurt. to myself like i pay for fucking prime right well, how is this different to pay to grocery shop the biggest problem exactly. is the stores say like 20 minutes away so we do have mm. to make the slightest bit of a hike to get there but right. if we go there right. for all of our groceries you get a percentage back that goes against your uh membership cost as well as percentage back on your credit card so oh that's cool yeah so, yeah, so yeah, i really think if we just do off. all our grocery shopping there easy peasy right for sure ah well nice that's awesome well as you alluded to earlier i have finished succession or at least you know what's out there um it's amazing season three was every bit as insane as season two was the finale was batshit crazy um, do you agree with Adam that season two was better? I, I don't know. I, I'm torn. They were both absolutely epic. Um, there's a dynamic towards the end of that ended the way season three ended that I kind of like, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but let's just say there's just like some team ups and stuff that I like, but I don't know. They're very close. That show Especially after these last two seasons. I love season one, too. Um, but I, I agree with Adam. I think right now it's like a 10 out of 10 for shows as far as they go. And I'm just super hyped that now I don't know when season four is supposed to release. But at least I have something to look forward to. Um, 
And also, I'll finally get to watch two little bit of hype. There is a two episode premiere for Better Call Saul on Monday, which is oh, that's funny sweet. how they're how they're doing two episodes, I guess. But they're doing that for Obi Wan two next month. Oh, sweet. Well, at least you'll get to like do a mini binge, you know, right away. I appreciate that, I guess. Um, but yeah, Succession was amazing. Uh, hopefully we get that season four sometime soon, but I doubt it because I think season three just ended like this past fall. So I just pulled or, an article that said late 22, early 23, possibly. That's actually not too bad then. Yeah. It was just a I rumor can... at this point though. Yeah. If that's the case, I can wait that long. Um, but yeah, goddamn HBO has done it again with just an insane show and writing. It's, it's amazing. Um, as far as movies go, I didn't really get around to anything. The Northman is coming out next week, so I'll probably plan on seeing that in theaters, I can imagine. When you I've report back, been... I will make the determination whether or not I'll see it, I think. Yeah. Early Reviews says it's pretty damn good. Brutal, which I would expect nothing less from like an A24 Vikings movie. I'm sure it's absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'll get around to that. We'll uh, we'll have to discuss what we plan on doing next week. I see you got a couple really interesting options. Um, feel lead like in Northman, Alexander Skarsgård, also a lead in True Blood, as much as it may and, matter to you. And his small-ass world, Jim, he plays a side character in season three of Succession. <laughs> it's I was like, I was like, what the fuck? He's all over the place now. You know, that's just and too much of a coincidence. And he was Tarzan in Legend of Tarzan, too, wasn't he? Yes, that newest adaptation. Yeah. So, he's kind of been popping up all over. I I like him. I've heard he's really good in this new film, so I'm pretty excited for that, for sure. There's an amount of, like, canniness or, like, hamming it up in True Blood. I'm not going to lie to you. Not all of the acting performances are always amazing. But it's not done in a way that makes the show bad. So I'll, just as a warning. Sure. But I do think the, you should check it out. Yeah, cool. And that's like, you know, why I think I like Succession so much is just like the banter between the characters. And, I, and I'm and i sure I wouldn't think that the acting in True Blood's, you know, too terrible. I'm sure, you know, it's just fine. But like, it just seems like the performances in Succession are, are awesome. Everyone's like casted perfectly. And the way they just like talk to each other is just... It can be so hilarious when they're when they're joking around, but also like just like terrifyingly serious, you know, the way most of these seasons end, and it just leaves you like shocked and just completely like jaw on the floor, and you really don't know where they're gonna go from here. But um, I'm sure I'll be hearing from Adam after he listens to this, or at least I'll probably have to hit him up just so I can spitball ideas off him because now I'm just so caught up in what happened. But uh, he's made yeah, a request for a. Uh... Uh, guest appearance on the pod once tax season is done so we'll have to get a recommendation for something to watch from him and get him back on here real soon there you go yeah that'd be perfect uh hopefully we get the third member of the team here back soon the rumor mill has it but yeah, i don't want to get all four of us to sit down we'll do trivia right oh shit yes it's been a long time scott we need you back for some trivia and adam's guest appearance uh can't wait but with that said, uh, sorry folks, off week for hype horn. I, even though I gave some minor hype about what I'm going to be doing next week, hopefully, um, we watched a movie from 1968 
the original Planet of the Apes. Uh, Jim, why don't you tell the people what the synopsis is and where they could watch it if they wanted. So, an astronaut crew crash lands on a planet in the distant future where intelligent talking apes are the dominant species and humans are oppressed and enslaved. This was available to watch. Where the heck did we watch it? I think, was it? You could stream it on Tubi. Amazon. If it was on Prime. They That's could where rent it, was. it for, for Amazon, yeah. Did you rent it, or was it on Prime? Did I fuck up? I might have rented it, I thought it, but it was I didn't just have to. on Prime. It probably was. This is bad I'm... radio. Hey, I'm, we're just trying to help the people out. If I was the one that accidentally paid for it and people didn't ha- don't have to, then don't listen to me. Listen to Jim. Because I could have easily just hit the rent button when I didn't have to. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I just watched but... it last night. How am I this dumb? <laughs> but yeah, I'm God, not finding was... anything else, so maybe it is just on Prime. Okay. Well, yeah, that's where I, I did rent it off Amazon. So if you don't have to, check Prime Video first if you have Prime, just in case. Because I could have definitely messed that up. Anyway, getting into it, um, why don't we just kind of, I'm just going to go over a little bit of the main characters here, and we'll probably just refer to them as their character, um, George Let's Taylor. Let's start with one thing first. I just sure. want to point out this movie's rated G. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a pretty hard G rating, I'd say. Yeah. They, they let you get away with a lot back in the day i guess i there there really isn't any swearing but there's one specific one and okay. a mild amount of violence and blood right um and a lot of like neck torture yeah like the main character taylor literally is afflicted with many nooses and just like lashings to the throat area um we'll get forced to wear a collar and leash multiple times it's it's kind of weird as the amount of times he's choked in this movie but i mean whatever i guess that's what the apes were into um anyway so why don't we start uh we have a small crew of astronauts um i kind of got like really like subpar 2001 space odyssey vibes off this like opening scene you know they're basically just in the hub of a spaceship uh taylor is played by charleston heston he's obviously the most like recognizable actor i'd say from this movie that i really have ever heard of um he plays the the captain taylor notes that all the crew members have gone to sleep they're on some sort of mission from earth kind of traveling at the speed of light i'm not quite maybe i didn't catch what their mission objective really was they were just going to scout out a new planet that's all it's in the belt yeah. of orion and this right. is on hulu that's so where it is i'm sorry oh there you go yeah if you have hulu watch it there don't pay like i did any extra money um so yeah they're traveling at the speed of light you know they have this really cool like earth time calculator and their time so so far at this point as the rest of the crew has gone to sleep and taylor's now setting himself up to go into like some sort of you know hyperbolic sleep chamber um i believe it they are now like only a couple hundred years older than earth time at this point yeah they've already done like the first jump of their trip 
they've they've aged six months, but they're a few hundred years off of Earth time in the future. Right. So that's kind of like the theory they're testing too is like how you know much ahead of time they could get. If so, you know. Yeah, when they finally uh, arrive anyway, on the planet, they're two thousand years ahead. Yes. So they crash land onto, we'll just call it Planet X. They aren't sure, and unfortunately, one of the members, the woman, I believe they just referred to her as Stuart, her sleep chamber cracked, and she died in her sleep. Um, she's aged a ton, so I wonder. Obviously, the aging effects kind of wore off, and she probably yeah, i don't know died of old age or you know some sort of compression or something with the chamber breaking right and so there's uh, three remaining members taylor which is charlton heston landon and dodge who are played by jeff burton and robert gunner correct so right away um you know they're trying to establish some sort of game plan they really don't know obviously where they are which way they should go there's some odd rift between Taylor and Landon. Yeah, um, Landon is having trouble coming to grips with the fact that, like, if he had a family back on Earth, they are they've all been dead for a thousand and some odd years. Right. So he's kind of like can't really wrap his head around the fact that he is like over two thousand years old, you know, and has outlived anyone by ages that would have been back, you know, on Earth. Uh, I will say, as they're journeying through the desert, Jim, it is such a human thing to do they note that there isn't much life anywhere Mm -hmm. and as they travel farther into into the desert they discover one plant growing so what's the first thing they do is completely uproot it and just right (laughs) it's just like to me that would just like the most human thing to do ever is like find one ounce of life in a desert and immediately just kill it you know that's just I thought that was kind of funny. I don't know if it's meant to be ironic or anything, but I guess this movie has some sort of message for how men likes to self-destruct. There's definitely but... a message. Even more than that, yeah. and it's pretty on the nose once you get down to it. Um, right. After they find the plant, they continue walking, running out of water and food in their packs, which they could only gather some of because their ship crashed into a sea of sorts and sank. Um, they spot some right. scarecrows, just big old X's. They look like the flayed man um, from Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah, they do have the same X shape, almost. Yep. Uh, yeah, so as they see the scarecrows, like you said, they arrive on some sort of little oasis, um, kind of next ball, and, you know, the guys go for a swim. They've been walking through the desert for some sort of undisclosed time. Unknown planet, and they just strip down buck-ass naked and go for a swim. Jump right in the water. Uh, You know, that could have been some sort of, like, acid water or anything, but I suppose if you're driven by thirst, you'll pretty much try anything at this point. Right, Um, they did have some stuff that they did, like, check uh, the radiation level of the soil at one point in the desert, Um, and they were doing tests on the plant as well when they dug it up. But there was absolutely right. no checking of this water whatsoever. Exactly. So you won't even know, you know, as far as they knew, the water they crashed into was drinkable. So, but it's just weird at this point. They just think that this water is just, you know, already totally fine, you know, super clean and totally fine. Uh, 
Here's our first uh, images of the locals. Um, Human-like, basically man. They discover that right away. Uh, but very primitive. They are running off with these three men's clothes, ripping them, throwing them, grabbing all their equipment, and just dumping it all over the ground as the men kind of chase them through the jungle butt-ass naked. You know, no shame in this whatsoever. And it's totally clear why these subhumans or alternate humans are... Uh taking their clothes because they all just wear like loincloths so right. they're not like looking to so replace their own pairs of pants or shirts or anything because they're not wearing them right they're just very obviously probably curious have never seen boots or shoes before uh so they're grabbing them checking them out but we get into a clearing where there's now a like basically a colony of them and the men have sort of grabbed remnants of their clothing along the way and have kind of redress themselves with torn you know pigments of what they used to have and we get a pretty aggressive sort of i would almost call it for those deer hunters anybody listening some sort of deer drive like the the apes arrive on horses they have sticks and guns and they are now like funneling the the humans you know into traps and ditches and killing quite yeah, many of them catching a bunch a of them rated movies um, also to yes. note, I don't think we said yet, but all of the humans on the planet are completely silent. They cannot speak. Right. Mute. So the three men have no idea how to communicate. They they don't really try right away. They're just like, you know, if this is any indication of life here, we'll be running the planet in three months or something, yep. he said, you know. Um, but anyway, they find themselves caught up in this wrangling. Uh, unfortunately... One of them does get shot. Uh, I believe that was Dodge. Yeah, Dodge is shot. Gets and killed. killed. Yep. Uh, Landon and Taylor are then captured, along with many of the other inhabitants, and taken back to a village that is completely run by apes that can talk. They wear clothes. They have scientists and a whole religion and social structure. Right. To me, one gripe I have is that, like, Taylor doesn't seem, I don't know if this is, if I would put this on, like, a Heston performance knock, but the character just doesn't seem shocked enough to me. I mean, he's on a planet that is 2,000 light years away. Right. You know, so, I mean, God only knew what they were going to find. Um, sure. I, I can agree with we that. We should also note that he got shot that. through the fucking throat, and so he currently cannot <laughs> yes. speak either. Right. So he is caged up. Uh, this is when we are then introduced to Dr. Zira, who's a female Yeah, ape, she's a chimp, uh, played specifically. By chimp, played by Kim Hunter, and her fiancé, Cornelius, played by Roddy McDowell. And he's um, an archaeologist. They take a liking. Right. Right. This is just so funny. I love archaeologists, man. They're popping I know, up right? everywhere. I had to make sure to point Let's it go. out. You're no better than a chimp. You're only half as good as a it. chimp, actually, with a minor in archaeology. I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't discovered anything like, <laughs> you know, old man Cornelius does in this movie. Um, but anyway, those two take a keen liking to Taylor right away. Um, they note that he tries to speak, but again, he's been like shot through the throat, so he can't talk at all. Um, and so they're like starting to like 
you know, try to say he's trying to communicate with them, but a lot of the upper, uh, specifically Dr. Zayas. Yeah, Zayas, he's an orangutan. He pronounced. heads up the Science Institute and also seems to have a position of power within their religion. Right. He's really not having any of it. He doesn't want to, like, lend any credibility to the fact that this man could communicate because, you know, all of the ones that they have as slaves or whatever in their village are all mute and basically very, you know, low, below them, you know, IQ-wise, obviously. Yeah, one of the guard gorillas tries to say that, you know, he's just copying what they're doing with their mouths. Human see, human do. Yeah, there's some jokes in this movie that I I laughed at a little bit. Oh, yeah. I got a little chuckle. Uh... Anyway, so we have returned kind of like to a pen outside. Um, Taylor has been introduced to one of the female members of the clan, I guess I should say, that he eventually calls Nova. Obviously, they wouldn't have names. I think he just gave her that name later on. Uh, She's played by Linda Harrison. Uh, Very beautiful, even by today's standards, man. That was, she was a looker for sure, and he... Took quite a keen eye for her, like, right away. You know, they began cuddling up in the pen and everything. Um, Basically set up by Zira, though. Yeah, she wants them to breed. Right. It's just so funny seeing this as play out as, like, true, like, animal doctors and stuff like that. They're, the humans are quite often referred to as animals, which is, you know, in this in this culture, that's, that's what it is. Uh, we finally get... Taylor healed up enough to where he can start to talk. So this is obviously a huge shock. Um, yeah, he's eventually grabbed by some apes. I thought back out in the yard again, where you get the infamous line, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Right. And everyone is, is spoken, of course, appalled. Right. In front of the basically the entire colony. Uh, they've never heard a man speak. So this obviously is very shocking uh zira and cornelius then must find a way to keep him from being basically lobotomized is how i yeah. took it you know they, they take him out in a yard and ask of... him to choose his companions out of a lineup and he sees landon with a big old horseshoe print right. scar on his head they interpret that to be that he's lobotomized my assumption was when i first saw it that he got kicked by a horse in the hunt you know right well and that's what the the tri or like the tribunal basically said was he was injured in the capturing, um, but I would say that they probably had already gotten to him and definitely did not want there to be two, you know, humans that could speak to each other and basically kind of blow up their whole belief system uh, at this point. Yeah, because their religious it's- text is all based around the fact that humans are not intelligent. Right, exactly. So we get like a little mock trial. Um, you know, it's it's basically all swayed for failure. Uh, Taylor's asked a bunch of questions that he simply would have no way to answer. So that's, you know, it's the old cliche is like, you know, if a witch, you know, is dry, like, you know, whatever. The, the whole thing about basically a Salem witch trial, mm-hmm. um, they're asking him like, you know, what's the ancient text say for the apes and stuff like that. And he, obviously he would have no fucking clue. He's still 
you know, to him he's on a different planet and would have no idea. But they don't seem to believe him. They believe that he's maybe part of another tribe past the Forbidden Desert. Yeah, which is where they landed, apparently. It seems to be in the Forbidden Zone. Right. So they want to discover where, you know, his group of people are. And they're basically afraid that, you know, if there's one of him, there's many. And they don't want any sort of, you know, confrontation or something that would ruin their way of life. It's... You know, here where he's now been basically sentenced to be, like I said, lobotomized um, to basically end his memory. He's locked in the cell. This is the first time we're introduced to, like, Zira's nephew. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember what his name was again. Lucius. Uh, he comes in saying, tells the guard that he's got to take him to the zoo you know, it'd be a shame for a talking human to just be, like, killed off, basically, and not, like, set up for entertainment. Before um, we move to that real quick, there was a really oh, sure. important scene where Dr. Zayas takes uh, Taylor into his office and is telling him, like, yeah, we knew Landon could talk. We knew he was another one of you. And I'm trying to protect the faith by destroying both of you. If you tell right. us that you're from beyond the Forbidden Zone, um, I can let you live out the remainder of your days. Yeah, in captivity Basically or something it seems gives him an ultimatum like t- says if you tell me the truth of where you come from then you know we'll let you live but do you think Jim in that scene Zayas knows that he really isn't from any sort of place or do you still think he believes that he might be and he's still lying I think Zayas knows what the twist ending is and which will right. reveal at the end of the pod but exactly so zayas knows more than any of the other apes about this right but do you think he would still think that he was from space or do you think he might just be some sort of you know like they say like an evolutionary like a mutant miss mutant you know and there might be a bunch of them i don't know i don't i still don't think he believes that he came from space and that's maybe why he's grilling him so hard to tell him where he came from but either way it's a lose-lose because because he's you not know, going to believe doesn't... any answer he gives him because they yeah. seem to know that there's nothing beyond the Forbidden Zone. Right. But so anyways, flash exactly. forward, Lucius is busting him out of uh, his cell. Right. So we get like a little comical sort of like, you know, hey, you got to let him out. There's some motioning behind the guard's back of like a little plan. He grabs the guard, puts him up against the cell. Roy, uh, God, I was going to tell you Roy. Um, Taylor chokes Taylor. him out grabs him the guy hit lucius hits him on the head knocks him out with his cigar still in his mouth it's pretty funny uh taylor demands that they take nova with him even though they didn't want that but it's what he wants you know he he's got his own free will and they continue outside they sneak into a carriage where cor uh not quite cornelius yet but zira is waiting for them and they embark on their journey away from the city yeah they go meet cornelius with horses yes so he's got a handful of horses and supplies enough for all of them and their plan is to go to his dig site that he's been banned from which is like on the edge of the outer zone or pretty close it's on the edge of the ocean in the forbidden zone um so it's as deep in the forbidden zone as you could get right um yeah and 
he had apparently found signs of a precursor ape life form that then evolved into them that was possibly more advanced than them. Right. His big thing was that the farther he dug, like the later artifacts, you know, the were older more ones were more advanced than the newer levels. So And eventually going so far as to find a human doll. And as Zira's looking right. at it, uh, Zeus catches them in the cave while they're out there. Um, yeah. Pulls a string, or Nova is messing with it, pulls a string on the back of it, and the doll says, Mommy. And so Taylor says, why would an ape create a human doll that can speak, seeing as none of the humans can speak? Right. Zeus still pretty dismissive. He did bring a handful of guards with him who they're, they've got them pinned down, but, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get ahead to that that uh taylor uses zayas as leverage um basically holds him hostage and tells them to stand down but yeah you're right i mean in this cave we kind of get a lot of revelations of why you know zayas may have just been protecting you know the apes and the colonies they don't want any of this stuff getting out because it would blow up their entire religious belief yeah because it know? seems there used to be intelligent humans Right, exactly. Because this stuff predates, you know, the actual scripture that these apes follow, which I believe they say is 1,200 years old, but this stuff they have aged back to as far as like... 1,700 years old, I thought. 1,700, yep. So yeah, I mean, it's already just dropping bombs. Can't have that. And <laughs> and in future Zayas, conversations with Zayas, it appears yeah. he knew about this, and he right. brought his... Uh, guards would to blow up the cave so they seal off the cave before heston grabs him or taylor grabs him ties him up and rides up the beach right i will say we get like some of the more interesting dialogue here between zayas and taylor before he decides to leave them um you know he's they're basically going back and forth on like why he would hide this stuff and zayas now seems to kind of reveal that you know, he knows what happened, or at least knows that there was some form of, like, human intelligence before they had arrived, and basically tells Taylor, you know, if you go any farther, you'll, you will not like what you see, which was, I thought, you know, some of the cool, you know, it's very open-ended, but, you know, we'll find out why that may be here yeah so as um, taylor rides up the beach he's fading into the distance uh Zayas says to either zira or cornelis that or they ask what taylor will find up there and Zayas just says he'll find his destiny exactly um we should note too that taylor had tried to lobby for cornelius and zira's freedom uh they were going to be on trial for heresy which Zayas uh, says they still are going to be so Taylor right. has kind of fucked him. Exactly. Because he, you know, Zayas knows that they're not going to, they don't want any of this to get out. They blow up the cave as Taylor's walking away to bury any of that um, and any of the evidence they might have found. But like you said, Taylor and uh, Nova, mm -hmm. Nova ride up the beach. Um, we begin to see the outlines of something here in the foreground as you see them riding up on it. Taylor gets off and begins to kind of just break down and says, you know, I've made it back. Um, basically that you've done it or you did it mad at 
whoever came before him and that they've kind of blown it all to hell. Some pretty famous, you know, breakdown. And as the camera zooms out, we see the Statue of Liberty. Yep. Kind of uh, falling apart and blown away a little bit. So they somehow got turned around in space and ended up back on Earth. And this is what we were indicating Zeus may know. So he he knew about the intelligent humans. He um, knew that Taylor was likely from Earth. And one item of note previously is uh, the apes believe that flight like in a plane, is a scientific impossibility. You know, yeah. so they're all very grounded, obviously. Don't have planes or anything like that. Um, I don't know why they believe that. Maybe just so that uh, apes don't think they can fly away into space and discover something. I don't know. I don't understand it. But yeah, clearly it's supposed to be a separation between them and the humans. Right. Maybe because they see it as some way, or at least the ones, you know, that would have been towards the beginning of you know this sort of ape dominance over the world like the more enhanced knowledge of these more advanced skills oftentimes can lead to like you said more exploration or in this case they see it as the humans thrive for more knowledge end up destroying themselves yeah so they're trying to maintain their society right because they're pretty advanced i mean for the most part they have like you said they perform surgeries and you know, they're able to heal him, his gunshot wound to his throat. I mean, that's pretty pretty advanced for for this time. You know, you could argue that they're in the early stages of, you know, their technology, and maybe that comes later, this sort yeah, of... Yeah, they don't seem to have reached, like, their industrial revolution yet. Right, right. But yeah, there's a clear suppression of certain things, you know, I guess... And anything that disagrees protect... with their sacred text is absolutely off-limits right to protect the colony as a whole um but yes so that is the big twist that this was earth the whole time i will say it makes it a little more obvious going back to watching it now you know but i will but i bet like in 1968 i can see why this movie was such a huge fucking deal because it was for the most part there's obviously not a lot of use if any of like cgi um obviously all just maybe the space flight has a little bit right yeah effect the lights and colors going by and even like the lightning in the desert one time um but for the most part i thought the concept the especially like the script and everything definitely holds up a lot like a lot better than i thought it would um it's amazing. Obviously, we've seen so many different Planet of the Apes movies now, uh, the Marky Mark one and this newest trilogy have all kind of put their mark on this, you know, this story of movies. Um, it's interesting. This is way up there for me, to be honest, after rewatching it. I think I liked it a lot. I loved how it makes you think. Um Again, I don't know where Taylor goes from here after discovering this. I I don't know if any of the other movies go on after this. Because the other ones are almost like prequels to this, aren't they? Those older... No, there's a direct sequel. Is there? Okay. Yeah, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. That one is a direct sequel, huh? I believe so. Because I was reading up on them, and I wasn't sure. But I'll definitely have to go back and rewatch them. I've, you know, I've seen that they're none of them are quite as 
good as this first one is, but that's the second one gets the case. weird. <laughs> I've seen, seen that it? one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I might have to check that out for sure. Just because I want to know how far it digs into this whole human concept. Um, Cause I feel like there's gotta be more. You'll get more of that in the second one. If you watch it. Yeah. I have to get around to that for sure. But anyway, Jim, any other thoughts? It's a pretty thought-provoking movie. For I mean, sure. one of the big things, it's a huge allegory for race relations. Um, this came right at the end of uh, the 1968 or 1950s to 1960 civil rights movement. So it's really uh, supposed to be a take on, you know, when the classes are flipped, what happens then, you know? Right. It's definitely, you know, very upfront with what, you know, yeah, like you, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah, it's super on the nose in that regard. Yeah, it's it's such an odd thing to do um, as far as like, you know, you they almost talk about like reverse evolution. I thought that was like an interesting concept about how men evolved into apes, yeah. which is kind of, you know, obviously that was heresy specifically. You, That's what Cornelius right. thought. Depending what you believe in, you know, now we, the, the common knowledge is that, you know, we evolved from, from, you know, apes or some, to some form or nature. Um, so yeah, it was interesting that they kind of, leaned into you know almost the reverse evolution style which, which they know... change a little bit in the prequels so instead caesar got that gas or liquid whatever that was supposed to cure alzheimer's right and that kind of led to the you know enhanced cognitive you know abilities that they yeah and his offspring that. have that advanced cognitive ability as well right and then yes. they release yep. a huge amount of gas in the first or second one right that kind of takes over the you know most of the population then but yeah and that's obviously supposed to meant to be the very very beginning is these newer trilogies but i don't know i'm i'm interested to see if i continue because i i feel like they do mention caesar at some point in these movies i Um, believe they do he's supposed to be like their deity right so i i would be super interested to continue to see how that kind of plays out but for the most part very good i thought it still holds up very well a little bit crazy uh shaky cam work as the you know the ship crashed into the water but hey you gotta make do what you got in 1968 um i'll jump in first jim i'll go i'll give this movie a solid eight out of ten i really enjoyed it that's like the imdb user rating is right at eight yeah right on the nuts i'm pretty in line with everybody else um yeah definitely a classic uh a lot of important messages for sure that you can take away from a movie like this. Um, and I can definitely, I would have loved to seen this in 1968. Cause I can, I would have been blown away to be honest. I mean, we've seen this, you know, a thousand times now, but that only speaks to how much this, you know, type of movie has been kind of, you know, ripped off. And since then, but it's the same thing we talked about with Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's so many tropes and, you know, messages that have been played out over you know the last 40 years that you could probably trace right back to this movie so 
Super important film, for sure. Yep, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, not currently streaming anywhere, it seems, other than rentable on Prime, which came out in 1970, so only two years later. Sweet. But I also gave this an 8. I really enjoy this movie, even though it's a little bit slow at points. Um, I think Iconic really does come to mind for me. You know, there's a reason it's stood the test of time, why they rebooted it with the Tim Burton movie, and why they did it again with... uh, the prequel trilogies now and i think those the tim burton movie has its moments and then the prequel trilogies seem to be pretty darn good i feel like actually right i've not seen all of them i don't believe so mm, at this point to. honestly i'm just waiting for a box set of all of it yeah. you know because i know my dad has a five pack of the original movies on dvd but at this oh, point cool. i want to upgrade and i want to get like digital on all of them you know if i'm gonna pull the trigger on yeah. something awesome I want to say one thing I just remembered mm-hmm. that I noticed watching the movie. Uh, when they're first captured and we see Taylor like get locked up in the compound um, initially, the humans are all you know banging on the cages, sticking their hand out for food and stuff, and they get sprayed down with a fucking hose. The newest, the first movie of the new trilogy... Um, dawn of the planet of the apes i believe or whatever it is that is like they take that completely from that first from this movie and i thought that was really cool like when caesar gets taken to the ape compound because he bites the guy or whatever trying to protect the old man um draco malfoy's in there spraying the apes with hoses and stuff and you know the apes are hanging out handing in their hands out for food and it's just like the humans did in this one so i just thought that was a cool little connection that the newer films kind of you know took from this so yeah that's sweet it's a nice sweet little connection in an ode to the original um I, but yeah, i'd be interested film i should go we should go watch dawn of the planet of the apes and see if it's kind of like how they did force awakens as a copy of a new hope yeah i would see i was just that's exactly it i saw it as like a lot of like side by side comparison you right and obviously it's you know, it's not the same because we're already at the conclusion, you know, in this movie that they, it's already a planet of apes. So even though we're in the beginning stages of it, it's like, like I said, the reverse roles kind of mirror each other. So I I bet there is a lot more that you could take from it. Um, if you went and watched it now, especially after just watching this original one. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Well, perfect. That is, kind of wraps up a review of planet of the apes jim you have two options on here for next week i'm okay with both i mean i don't really care here's how we'll do it pick odd or even odd or even yeah let's take odd (laughs) okay we're gonna watch die hard which is available on prime fucking a right we are and that'll be good it'll be our tribute to bruce willis who we talked about either last week or the you know a week before who's sadly had to retire now from acting it sounds like um yeah that'll be our nice little bruce willis tribute probably one of the another iconic action heroes and action movie franchises that we'll be digging just into. more classics um, too i mean what year did die Hard yeah come out? you can't go wrong for that Jim, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> so, it's a top ten Christmas movie. That's what it's we'll say. It's the only good Christmas movie. It came out in 88. Yeah. 
Perfect. Yeah, that'll be, you know, that's always been the great debate, you know. And that's a great performance from uh, Snape. Sorry, what's his name? He sadly has passed Separate away. Snape. Alan Richman. Yes. Or yes. Alan Rickman, Rickman, excuse me. Yeah. Great performance from him as the villain, so that should be a lot of fun. I don't want to get anybody too excited, but maybe a Scott comeback. We'll see. Poor bastard. After tax season, dude. (laughs) Sees the light at the end of the tunnel has finally come. Um, Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, so stay tuned for that. We'll be watching Die Hard. Uh, Jim, why don't you tell the people where they can reach us? As always, you can follow us on Twitter at weave underscore scene underscore that. Like us on Facebook or email us at scene that podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's S-C-E-N-E, that podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you for that. Anyway, everyone, thank you again for listening. This was the 83rd episode, Planet of the Apes. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. And roll credits.